Welcome to the Starblades podcast with me, your host for today, uh, sports editor Chris Holt, with, as usual, the Blades writer at the Star, James Shields, looking back a little bit towards last week, which kind of seems like, because they played on a Friday, seems like a long time ago, and of course looking forward to what is a huge match tomorrow at Bramalane when uh, Champions Fulham come to town in a game that could secure a playoff place for Sheffield United for this season, should results go their way elsewhere. It is quite complicated, but we'll get into that a little bit later. James, um, like I said, it does seem like quite a long time since since United last played, with it being um, Friday night that they played last week. Um, we will go back on that a little bit, because it, it, I don't know where it ranks, but it was certainly certainly in the second half at least, it was one of the better performances in the way that certainly in the way that they recover from from going to go down and and kind of having the character to do that given the circumstances and and with a few teams kind of breathing down their necks really particularly yeah, as I, with it being on a Friday night as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Chris. But and I think even I know we don't want to look back too much, but I think looking back to that match against QPR is particularly important looking forward to this this huge fixture that they've got coming up against Fulham because I do think uh, the two, hopefully, well, hopefully Sheffield United won't fall behind against Fulham. But I think the point is Sheffield United showed all of the qualities uh, in West London that they're going to have to show against Marco Silva's side this weekend coming up. There was a lot of pressure going into them in that game against uh, against QPR. And we've spoken in the past about how successful footballers have almost got to have this love-hate relationship with pressure almost. They've got to be able to use it the right way. They've got to be able to channel the, the adrenaline and the nerves into a, into a positive performance. That's something they're going to have to do uh, tomorrow and hopefully beyond. Uh, if they if they get into the the playoffs, but all of the qualities that Sheffield United showcased at Loftus Road are the qualities that they're going to have to demonstrate not only in this match coming up, but also into the uh, assuming that they get there going into the playoffs, because if they're going to win those, they're going to have to come through tough situations. They're going to be posed questions by opponents, and they're going to have to come up with the answers. And they're going to also have to sort of deal with an awful lot of sort of extraneous noise as well. And that's something that they did at QPR. You're absolutely right. Although they had the advantage of going first, if you like, last weekend, all of the other teams playing on uh, on the Saturday. It's only an advantage if you win the game. And when Sheffield United fell behind, they will have felt really under the cosh. They they will have known, listen, this is this is all on us now. And I thought the way they responded in the second half was absolutely magnificent. If they can replicate that second half performance against Fulham, listen, they're the best team in the division, I think, by by some considerable margin. They're deservedly already up. They're deservedly already champions. But if Sheffield United can play uh, for 90 minutes or for even for 70 minutes, as they did during those final 45 down at, down at QPR, Fulham are going to have it all on. And I think anyone that they meet in the playoffs, hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to have it all on as well. So it would have been really, it, it, it was difficult and it would have been difficult because QPR 
didn't actually look like they were particularly interested in attacking, and they they had that they had that one chance really, and then there was only really a kind of a little bit of a spell for a few minutes in the second half where where they did actually come out. So they they were happy to sit in, and that could have been a really frustrating evening, particularly when and I know we've been over this quite a lot, but when you don't have someone like Billy who can pick up scraps and almost pick out a goal from from nowhere with you know well he's a, he's a natural finisher and when you don't have that in the team you kind of there would have been period points where they may, may well have felt actually where is a goal going to come from here because QPR just sitting back and you know it's, it was it was going to be difficult to pull pull one out of the bag but thankfully they did and and in the end did so they got the win quite convincingly really well, they're, they're going to have to be clinical as well against Fulham because you can bet your bottom dollar that Alexander Mitrovic is going to be clinical in this game. I mean, he just scored. The, the amount of goals this guy scored is absolutely phenomenal. It's it's ridiculous. And Sheffield United, although they managed to keep him really quiet, actually, down at, down at Craven Cottage when the two sides met in December, I know certainly under under Chris Wilder at times there was a, there was a match against Fulham when... Sheffield United really did feel the full force of the Serbians' power, if you like. And he's a player who can score goals out of nowhere. I think it was the first goal that he scored. Do you know what? I, um, it was it was Sheffield United's first season, wasn't it? In the uh, back in the Championship, but the 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 first goal that he scored in that game was just ridiculous. He had absolutely no right to score it, and. Listen, he's a he's a premier. I don't care what anybody says about his record in the top flight. He's probably maybe not had the correct team around him or been used in the right way. But Mitrovic is a Premier League striker playing in the Championship. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So Sheffield United, they've got one of the most clinical finishes in the division at their disposal as well. Billy Sharp, unfortunately, he's not going to be available uh, for this game. So they are going to have to make the most of the chances that come their way in this match. They are going to have to take a chance when it comes up because they're not – you wouldn't have thought, as even if they play to the absolute peak of their powers, they're probably not going to create an absolute welter of chances against Marco Silva's side. So what comes their way, they're going to have to take, especially if they're going to sort of just – manage the situation and when I'm when I talk about managing the situation I'm not only on about what's going on on the pitch but there's going to be an awful lot of people I was going to show my age here but I'll, I was just going to correct myself there's going to be an awful lot of people in this crowd looking at mobile phones I was going to say listening to radios uh there's probably some people listening to this don't even know what a radio is anymore is it but <laughs> I had that last week where I was hoping yeah. that people were going to go to Hillsborough with their, their little radio did you call it a wireless? I, 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 I called it a transistor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those. I had one of those. Cherished. Absolutely cherished it was. Uh, it was an old Panasonic as well. A little plug there for them. I don't know if they still exist today. But anyway, enough about all of that. But they, Sheffield United could find themselves in a situation where they're playing really well against Fulham. It's nil-nil. And suddenly Middlesbrough or Millwall, who were playing uh, Preston North End and Bournemouth, go a goal up or maybe even a couple of goals up and 
the crowd of course they will do we will in the in the press box the crowd will start to get a little bit sort of agitated thinking we have to do this now and the players as much as Paul Ekimot says he's not going to be listening to the results that are going on elsewhere he'll know the crowd will let him know the the atmosphere inside the stadium will let him know and there could come a point in this game when Sheffield United are actually out of the top six but playing really well against Fulham and they're just going to have to show that patience, that belief in the game plan that I'm sure they've been working on all week to actually actually come through the game. And, and Paul Eckenbottom did, I think he's prepared, well, I know he's prepared his plays for this. He did make a, a very interesting point yesterday where he said, listen, we, we could be out of this. And then suddenly we pop up in the 89th minute, we score a goal or in the 94th minute, whatever, we score a goal and we go through. And if we have, it's not lucky, we've done enough. There's been a bit of chatter on social media this week and, and speaking to fans and 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 various other people. Um this, this will not matter to the Sheffield United in the in the Sheffield United camp, but us on the outside can can talk about it about the kind of mindset that Fulham are gonna have coming into this. Um particularly having having clinched the title um in midweek there in absolutely <laughs> incredible fashion as well um so a lot of people may be wondering this, what their there's the psychological mindset where their heads are going to be at given that they've they've achieved all that they possibly can achieve for the season in in terms of winning the title and um winning and getting promotion i think if we're honest it's better. It's definitely better that they're not coming to Bramley and needing a win for anything. But really, it doesn't matter, does it? These are these are very professional footballers who've been at the top of their game for probably ninety five percent of the season, and they're yeah. not going to come. They're not coming to Bramley with their flip flops on, are they? No, abs- absolutely. I listen. They're going to want to come to. One of the biggest stages in the in the championship, and they're going to want to prove. And well, they've already proved they're the best team in the division, but they're going to want to show one of the biggest crowds in the division why they're the best side. And they've also got there's a there's a personal agenda here as well because of course Sheffield United beat Fulham down at Craven Cottage in in December, and I'm sure we'll we'll get onto that in a minute. And I think anybody who's around spends any amount of time around professional sports people, no matter what discipline they play. The, the one thing that somebody else might take something else away from it, but I think for me, the one thing that always stands out and has always sort of really made an impression on me is just how competitive they are, ridiculously competitive about things that you and I probably wouldn't even get that that competitive about. So, no, I I don't. I don't think it's going to make a, a huge deal of difference. I mean, listen, even if it takes 1% of, 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 of the edge of Fulham's performance, they are still the best team in this division. The table tells you that. And they've still got some wonderfully talented players. And it's not all about Mitrovic. You know, you, you look look at Harry Wilson, Cavallio. There's, there's, there's some great, great players in that side. This This is a tough test. And I think even though Fulham, as you say, have already won the title, they've already gone up, clearly, they've won the title. 
Sheffield United have got the toughest assignment of all of the all of the teams, I think, going for a place in the playoffs on the final day. And that's because Fulham are top and Fulham are top for a reason. They're the best side. This is going to be a really, really difficult day for Sheffield United. And I just wonder, it certainly will have done in the dressing room. I just wonder if it's if it's dawned on some people just how difficult this is this is going to be. But but Sheffield United can beat Fulham. They've they've already proven that. They they shouldn't go into this with with any sort of, you know, inferiority complex or anything. And Fulham will know that Sheffield United can beat them and that they've got players who can who can cause them a problem. But this is going to be a really, really difficult afternoon. And it is. I don't care. Chris Wilder at Middlesbrough will, will pitch it a different way. Every manager will pitch it in a way that suits their own team. Oh, you know, look at them. Say if I'm Chris, we're, we're going to Preston and oh, they'll, they'll want to go out and earn a place in the team next season and really impress the manager. And, you know, Gary Rowett at Millwall will be saying that Bournemouth want to go. They're playing at home. They'll they want to really go out after getting promotion themselves on a high. It, 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 I don't believe a word of it, personally. Fulham, Sheffield United's game on the final day of the season is the toughest of all because they're playing the best team in the division. Fulham are the best team in the division for a reason as well. Not only because it comes down to ability, it comes down to the fact that pretty much, by and large, they've turned up every single week as well. And I don't think it's going to be different this time around. Well, one of the weeks that they didn't turn up, well, actually they did turn up. It was a very good performance from mm. Sheffield United. Was um, that it was December, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Back in December when... Uh, I think it was the last game Sheffield United played in about six months, wasn't it? That I, well, it felt like that. Um, Illman and Dye scored a superb... He did, didn't he? I yeah, think, he did. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I should have written, written, wrote this down and not doubted myself, but I, I, I'm working off memory now. Um, yeah, he he scored a great goal. Um, and United were were superb that night at a time when they'd they'd been patchy at best. They managed to pull out what was certainly their best performance of the season up to that point. Um, what can they take from that, if anything, from from that performance? Because we spoke about this earlier in the week. Um, even though, you know, there's been a managerial change since early on in the season and there's, there's been personnel changes and a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Actually, there will not be a great deal of difference, you would have thought, between the starting eleven from that game against Fulham to what is expected to be the starting eleven tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing the big difference, obviously Chris Basham is back now from injury, isn't he? But um, the big difference, of course, is that Billy Sharp won't be involved. And Billy, with his reputation within football, will take uh, or will sort of attract the attention of, uh, of, de of defenders, opposition defenders, that is, in a way that perhaps other, other forwards won't. So he will create space for others as well just by sheer presence let alone with the with the way that he he plays as well and the intelligence that he's got on the on the football pitch but i think that's probably when when you're comparing how sheffield united might approach that game in terms of the dynamic of their team performance 
I think you're right because that's probably mitigated a little bit by the fact as well that Morgan Gibbs-White, of course, went off injured uh, at Craven Cottage. There's another big, big player for Sheffield United. I think Paul Paul Hackingbottom, that is, will be delighted that he can... I know he was talking yesterday about Morgan Gibbs-White having a, having a knock. I fully expect him to play. I think he'll be delighted that he can sort of resurrect that partnership again between Morgan Gibbs-White and Elliman and Jaye because they're two players that work really, really well together. We did a piece earlier this week on that. I know Slavisa Yukanovic, Paul, Paul's predecessor, was was very, very excited about the, the potential that partnership had. They can attack from from deep positions now, as you said, with, with Chris Basham coming back. I think Jack Robinson has played really, really well of late as well. He's he's really impressed me. He's, he's come on leaps and bounds. Looks a lot more solid and a lot more assured. I just think as well that that game against Fulham at Craven Cottage is worth looking at for another reason. And it was almost... In a sense, I hope Sheffield United, I'm sure they have done, have sat down and re-watched footage of that or re-watched it in its entirety. Because, as you say, Fulham did turn up to that game, but they were beaten by a better side on the night. So that should fill Sheffield United with confidence. But during the course of the 90-plus the minutes, however long it, it went on for, there were periods in that game when Sheffield United really did have to dig deep. You don't play against a team in the championship like Fulham without having to defend and without having to show some bottle uh, during periods of the game. And they did that. Sheffield United attacked really well. They got themselves in front early on with a beautiful piece of skill from Milliman and Jaye. Wonderful solo goal. And it just goes to show that you can have all of the game plans that you want. You can coach a team to within the inch of its life. You can choreograph a game. For, for seven straight days and then ask them to go out and follow the moves on a on a Saturday afternoon. I thought that goal just goes to show that sometimes it's important to tell players act on instinct as well because that's exactly what Illiman and Jai was doing when he scored that goal. It was a wonderful piece of, of, of skill. That wasn't a training ground move. That was just pure class and invention. But then after that, there were times when Sheffield United really had to dig deep. And I think this game... Hope, well, hopefully it has the same result, of course. Hopefully it's the same outcome. But I think, you know, this, this game coming up uh, at, at Bramall Lane is going to probably, it's going to, Sheffield United are going to have to show exactly the same qualities. Going to have to show exactly the same qualities to, to win the game. It's going to have to be a complete performance. Attack, defence, good invention, good imagination, attention to detail, focus and bottle. They're going to need all of those things to not only beat Fulham, but also, as we've already said, manage the whole occasion. How do you think... Well, I suppose it depends on how things are going going elsewhere, but what, what do you think the, the atmosphere is going to be like tomorrow? I mean, the early kickoffs. I think Paul mentioned this yesterday, they're notoriously flat at times because yeah. I mean let, let's be honest it's, it's primarily because people haven't had a chance to get to the pub and have a beer and, and kind of get themselves up for it it's, it's you're almost straight out of bed and, and, and down to the ground um, but there's obviously a lot riding on this and there's a lot going on elsewhere how, how do you think 
or what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like in the in Bramalene tomorrow? Listen, there's going to be a huge crowd there. What the atmosphere is is going to be like, I Sheffield United can control the atmosphere. They can control the whole sort of emotional complexion of this game, if you like, because if they suddenly, I don't think they will, I hope they do, I don't think they will. If they suddenly burst out of the blocks and are 3-0 up against Fulham after after 20 minutes, then the atmosphere is going to be very, very different Uh so if they suddenly go a goal behind or it's nil-nil and then you realise that Middlesbrough have gone two up at, at Deepdale. I think it's going to be nervous. Of course it's going to be nervous. There's going to be distractions. Sheffield United can control it and can, can set the tone to, to some degree. Of course they can. But there's, listen, there's a very, very good team in front of them. So it's not quite it's going to, it's not going to be as easy as I'm making it sound. But I think they can certainly help control and and make sure there's a an atmosphere that's favourable to them inside the stadium with how they're performing. I think as long as they're being aggressive, as long as they're uh you know sort of the 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 the, the most powerful force in the game if you like, I think the atmosphere will be okay. But this is gonna be the this is going to be the big, big test of concentration and focus as well. Because I go back to what I said earlier. Sheffield United could find themselves in a position. They've got to, first off, they've got to play the game in front of them. They can't be playing a game that's going on at Deepdale or they can't be playing a game that's going on at the, at the Vitality Stadium. They've got to just play and tackle what is in front of them. And I know footballers talk about that they always do that. Listen, it's easier said than done at times. Of course it is, because as we've mentioned, they will be aware, I'm sure, of what is going on elsewhere, if not by the scoreline, whether or not it's favourable to them. So they've got to have absolute focus on this game, but they, they might also have to show an awful lot of patience as well, because there could be a point, as I've said, when the 89th minute or in the 93rd of, or in the third of four added minutes, at the at the end of the game that the that the officials have added on, Sheffield United could be out of the playoffs, but they've just got to stick to what they're doing, believe in themselves, trust in themselves, and it, God, it's so corny, isn't it? But it only takes a second to score a goal. And as Paul said, if they get in, if they get in with the last second winner, it's job done because it's over the course of the season that counts. It kind of feels like it hasn't dawned on people. That tomorrow may be the last game of the season. Well, hopefully, it is. yeah, ho hopefully no. it isn't. But I know, well, obviously, yeah, I know, obviously, hopefully it isn't. But uh, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but, I, do you know what I mean? It just it kind of. I don't know. I, I don't. I can't quite put my finger on on why it is. It just. It just. It's almost as if people have, have kind of thought that, you know, there's more. There's more after tomorrow. It, 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 but that that could be it, and there could be a kind of, you know. Lap of appreciation, as they're apparently called now, rather than lap of honour, around the pitch at the end for, you know, for for the end of the season. It just it just feels a bit odd. I'm I'm not I'm not entirely sure why I, I feel that way. Maybe I just haven't been out much this week and I haven't spoken to too many people. But I, I just, I, just yeah. I, no. um, I I just I it just doesn't quite feel like it's the end and maybe that's a good thing maybe that's my subconscious telling me that, well it's not the end so you're all right um 
Is it is this Mystic Holt, Mike? In a, yeah, maybe in a, maybe, a, maybe I do have some kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> some some kind of secret Mystic powers that are that are able to to dictate that. Maybe I'll put a bet on tomorrow then. Yeah, in that case, um, just on the on the newsy side of things, um, what's the state of the squad? Um, I believe it's Connor Horan and. Morgan Gibbs White, I think, have a couple of knocks. Yeah, I, I mean, I maybe not so much Connor, but certainly Morgan Gibbs White, as you said earlier, he'll be playing. He'd be playing. Oh. With, he'd be playing with a cast on his leg, wouldn't he? Given yeah. given the options yeah. that United don't have available to them. Absolutely. I, I mean, listen, if. If the situation is as we've been told, and I know, listen, I'm not being critical of him here. He's he's admitted it himself. I know Paul has been uh, a little bit creative at times in sort of in, in terms of his his narrative around Sheffield United's fitness situation. He has admitted that, so that's not me having a pop. I. I you're right. I think even if Morgan Gibbs White was on crutches, they're they're telling him to. Uh, I don't know what do you do on crutches. I was going to say limp hobble. You don't do that, do you? You sort of bound a little bit, don't you? Yeah. Although, yeah. It, li listen, whatever you do on him, it, 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 I I fully expect Gibbs White, unless something happens today uh, or in the day, or in the, you know, right before the start of the game, he'll be out there. Uh, George Baldock apparently is, is is available again. We're told he's trained all week. Other than that, I suspect. Listen, it's going to be the the same squad uh, that that travelled down to QPR last week. I wouldn't be at all surprised either if it was depending on how George is. But I wouldn't be at all surprised either if it was exactly the same starting eleven. Yeah, I I think I kind of felt that it probably would be. Um... That that's probably their best eleven available to them, really. Yeah, isn't it? and it performed. It's going into the game on the back of a back of a performance. I think sometimes I I understand that Paul Heckingbottom and and other managers and head coaches in the in the division have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But I do think sometimes I'm, I'm not thinking of Paul in particular here, but I do think sometimes they're guilty of overthinking things a little bit at times as well. As you've said, that's probably the best eleven that's available to Sheffield United right now. You could possibly argue, listen, bring obviously George Baldock back in because he's a he's a specialist wing back. But it's going into that game on the back of a brilliant second half performance as well down at down at QPR. So why why would you change it? Why would you change it? Personally, I I wouldn't. Although, as I've said, possibly would would bring depending on how exactly how fit he is, bring bring George George back into the into the starting eleven. Yeah. Other I, than that, I would keep it exactly the same. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones if. If you were desperate, you would bring George back in, but I don't think they're at at desperation level, really, are they? So if if, if he's not a hundred percent, which I imagine he probably isn't entirely hundred percent fit, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried too much about rushing him back in. 
uh, given the performance of the team last week. Um, that's us then. Hopefully, we'll be back next week to talk about a playoff campaign. Um, I'll not. I'll not even think about what we'll do if that isn't the case. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll hopefully be back next week to look ahead to uh, two and hopefully three more huge matches for Sheffield United uh, to round this season off. Um, we will bring you all the best coverage as usual from Bramall Lane tomorrow. Steve Jones will be joining James Shield at the Lane. Uh, live updates on the blog. Uh, if you don't have it, if you don't have your transistor or your wireless with you, you can keep track of everything that's happening elsewhere. I'm going to on pack mine in my bag now. Yeah. <laughs> make, it a, make it a wind up one. Yeah, go really old school. Um, yeah, we'll have live updates on the blog to keep you informed of everything that's happening all across those other games, which obviously have a, a huge impact on what. It's also going on at Bramall Lane. So stick with us here to start tomorrow and uh, we will hopefully see you next week uh, in celebratory mood and we're looking forward to more big games for United. Thanks. <laughs>